0: vampires everybody with jessica hi and
1: hey, mickey
0: we had you? a false start
1: there so you were talking about movies
0: oh yeah that was well yeah. I, I actually went to the theater i went to go see candy man and i saw it in an amc and i was just talking about how um all amcs are kind of the same except some of them are nicer than others you know some of them have the recliner seats and whatever but i I was lucky. I walked up to the girl and I was like, okay, listen, I know the deal. Which ones are the good seats? You know, the seats at the bar. And so she pointed them out so I can remember next time. And she wrote them down for me, which was really nice. Cause I was like, those are the seats I want. Those are the coveted seats. Anyone who gets those seats uh, knows what's up, but I saw Candyman. I saw it by myself. So it, I was pretty scared. Mm -hmm. Um, I, so here's the thing i want to go see it again because i think there's stuff uh, there's stuff that i caught and then there's stuff that i've thought about since watching it that i want to watch again um there was a a nice little like clive barker shout out did you catch that and of course
1: of course yeah
0: which was cool it was cool um i will say it was scary i really like um that actor yaya um, he mm-hmm. was Watchmen, and I feel like yeah. he's he's also coming up in the Matrix Four movie, which I saw the trailer for, and it was fucking awesome. And it made me watch all of the Matrix movies all weekend. So that's all I did yesterday okay. is just watch all three Matrix movies. And honestly, I love them. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Even the weird like uh, Middle Earth rave orgy scene, like that's pretty sick. The third one is kind of ridiculous. I rewatching it. I I got more confused about what is coming but the trailer for Matrix 4 looks sick. but Candyman Candyman is interesting because I think it it's obviously a departure from Tony Todd like he is so elegant as yes. Candyman and I feel like that was missing but I feel like they made him scarier in this version um. So the way he looked, like the the porous of um, his skin when, yeah. when showing him, it was terrifying. And the whole floaty thing, I just don't like it. It scares me. That shit scares me. Sure. Like having him glide um, float is scary. I like that, you know, they had to, I feel like you had to mention Caprini Green. Um, I like the premise of the story. I like Nia Costa taking this and, and turning around some of the tropes. Um, yep. That are in horror movies. Um, the cast was great. I really, really loved it. Um, but comparable to the original, it just isn't for me. Um, I, the original scared the shit out of me, and I we I, I know we talked about it.
1: No, no, no. I mean, we yeah we did an entire episode on it. I, I I'm actually pretty much a hundred percent. I would say ninety five percent in agreement with you. I am. Um, yeah, I. I, my problem with came and I talked to somebody else about this too and they had the, they called out the exact same scene that I had a problem with and it was the I think it was I guess it was you could call it the first kill in the movie yeah where mm-hmm. like you know like the art dealer or whatever and he's like he's like oh, must run must move faster must move faster and it's like what was great about the original Candyman is that they treated it with like such grave seriousness that like when something bad was happening, you fucking bought it. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah. when when you've got a character when you got a character quipping like or quoting Jurassic Park before they're gonna get killed, it takes away some of the steam from like the the fucking the the moment, you know, where it's just like, ah, I mean I I'm all about like I, I it's a problem I have with a lot of horror movies out there today where they're like, no, no, we got to throw humor in there to, to alleviate the tension. I'm like, I a I 100 percent agree with you. Don't throw humor in when you need it, when you're trying to, you know, build that tent, when you've got that tension though, because you don't want to like, I, it, it, I was never, I never, my problem with this new candy man is I was never uh, frightened by yeah. the new, the new Candyman, Whereas like um, in the original one, and a lot of it has to do with Tony Todd being, Tony Todd, like you said, very elegant, and that was the best way as to how I've been describing the original one too. It's like very elegant; it takes everything very seriously. And you could argue that it takes it too seriously, but I think the original came and benefits from that. You know, where it's like it's way, it's way heavier. You know, and like it's going to be a different movie. In you know, the new one's going to be a different movie just in in concept alone, because instead of having it be a white protagonist kind of exploring. Well, gentrification hasn't happened yet in Cabrini Green in the original one. So it's just, it's just a fucking, it's a slum, you know? And like, but she's exploring the, you know, uh, the mythology and also like the, the, kind of the involvement that white people have you know in 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 creating these these yeah yeah and so this new one because you know it's 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 i like that it's a lot about gentrification um i like that it was it, it very much dealt with like very current stuff you know it definitely felt like a movie that came that was meant for right now you know um but it's just a different tone because of this the switch and because of the focus and i like that i really enjoyed this movie um i knew it was gonna i don't want to give anything away to people i knew what was happening from the moment i heard you know like from the moment we introduced the main character i was like i know exactly where this is going but i was completely cool with it
0: okay so that's how i felt too i felt okay so i really liked it but it is very predictable like you and i don't sometimes people use that as as a negative and i i don't think it is all the time but like you like you just said you kind of knew how the story would go from here like mm -hmm. you kind of could see everything that was going to happen and it 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 doesn't help that it's, you know, Candyman. So it's a story that's already, you know, um, coming off another one.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I wonder if uh, if the only reason why I knew it was going to happen, because, you know, there's a, you know, there's a, I don't want to say a reveal, but there is some, there's a moment in that movie where it's like, oh, and I feel like you and I probably might not have gotten that had we not recently watched the original so uh, so not too long ago because for me it was just like oh i know this i know exactly you know like the moment like we we're introduced to a character i go i know exactly who this character is and i can't w-, and i was excited to see how it was going to play out but i also was like someone's like oh man if you watch candyman the original and this went back to back i'm like hey if you do you're going to know exactly what the fuck's going on within yeah. the first 10 minutes of the, of the new movie which is fine cuz like i said it's a it's 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 when you know the destination doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing cuz the journey's still going to fucking rock and it did it just i hated that fucking scene where that dude was like joking before he got or being or where they had the character having same funny shit before he got killed. Cause I'm like, I want when this moment happens to be so fucking scary that I, I that I'm afraid it's going to happen again to another character. And it's just like the original candy man where like when, when, when um, I believe it's like Cassie lemons, you know, her best friend, when she gets fucking killed in that movie, it's done so fucking he- like, you know, when like she, you know, she looks up and she sees like, you know, Tony Todd and she's like just completely terrified and he fucking kills her. It's like, yep. I've I now bought this. Uh, how scary this character is. I believe how scary this character is by how other people are reacting to him. And this one was a little different. I, I really enjoyed it, but I totally agree with you. The original one is still, you know, it's still yeah. got the good, you know? Yeah,
0: exactly. I, I feel the same. I think it's definitely worth seeing in a the theater and definitely worth a rewatch as well. Because I feel like yeah. there's probably things that, like, I didn't catch the first view. But I am glad I saw it in a the theater because... It's not like I'm easily distracted, but it's different when you're forced to put your phone away. So you're not a dick, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, I loved it. And then another movie um, that I saw recently was Malignant. And <laughs> now it's funny because I uh, I was watching Brian Fuller's Instagram and he was like updating with pictures and talked about how ridiculous this movie is, which it it really fucking is. I don't know how I feel about James Wan, to be honest. I I like the Saw movie. I really do. I've seen a bunch of shit that he's done because he's kind of done everything. He did The Conjuring um, with the first one, which I really like. And shout out to Connecticut, you know, the Warrens. Um, Or did he? Yeah, he directed it. And then mm-hmm. he directed this movie. Now, this movie is so fucking bad and so boring up until the the last act i feel like um did you did you see it
1: you got further than i did i fucking you didn't finish that. it i didn't finish it i hated that oh movie god. so much oh my god
0: you can't you can't no you're so, right you're
1: fair that's, that's fair i was also falling asleep that's how bad okay it was
0: yes but it doesn't it's it's really strange so it's not strange in the way of It's a bad movie up until it just like gets totally ridiculous. And then it has a turning point where you're really amused by how ridiculous this film just got. And, and it is hyper-violent. It's totally uh, – it's gross, and it's weird. It deals with – now, the first most part of the movie, the first two-thirds of the movie, I'm like, is this a haunted movie? Is this, like, an evil twin movie? Like, what the fuck am – what's going on? And half of the time, I didn't pay attention because I was like, this is so bad. The acting's bad. The scenes are bad. Like, even the scary parts, I was like, this is so lame, and it's just – and every weird like horror tv show this shit happens like why am i watching this up until it turns into a ridiculous hysterical movie and then it's worth watching i feel like okay you could probably just speed through the parts that you've already watched and get to this turning point and you'll you'll know when it happens because it just like seriously goes 100% bonkers um this movie gets bad and then it gets worse but the worst part makes it better if that, was okay. that
1: no i I, that I, I i totally i there's a lot of movies i like that do have that same um that follow the same thing like i mean i was watching it last night and i was just like oh this is so bad but and i'm saying this is somebody who consciously watches movies that are, are bad you know but like i just you know in his, i hope i'm not spoiling anything but if i am don't fucking don't you know pause for or skip a, you know 30 seconds ahead but in the very beginning when her like shitty abusive husband gets killed right yeah look i'm getting fucking tired of, of horror movies too where you have like you introduce an incredibly shitty character just to have them get killed and you know why because when they get killed i don't care i'm yeah. like yeah i'm I'm, yeah. I'm happy for that i'm glad that, that happened it's like i want it's one of the things i i you know when people talk about franchises and they, they shit on like, you know, oh my God, like how many Nightmare on Elm Street fucking movies is, are there? And it's like, yeah, but you know what? I give, even the ones that, are, even the fifth one, which I'm not even a fan of, uh, I love all those characters. Like I, all those victims, when they get killed, I'm like, oh, bummer, man. I don't want that person to go. And I miss that in horror movies now where it's like, now it seems like whenever we make a horror movie, we have to introduce a character that's kind of a douche so that when they, you know, and it's like, why, why not make them all likable? So, or, as yeah. likable as we can be. So then when they get killed, we're like, well, we that sucks. Like, like in Candyman, like the, the, the guy who gets the first kill in that movie, I'm like, this guy's a fucking douchebag. You yeah, know, like from like, the uh, get-go.
0: Like, I was like, if you die, or... <laughs> I'm
1: going to be happy. And and that's my problem with a lot of like, you know, horror movies. And Malignant and I felt like that too. But like, there was well... just...
0: I I was going to say Malignant, I feel like is slightly different. I've watched a few of these newer horror movies um, and they all have a certain type of feel to them, um, which I don't, I mean, maybe that's just the signs of the times. I remember just getting old. They feel like they're not made for me. This one is bad, but when it reaches the turning point, it's so nineties camp in some areas that I feel like he was He did, like, even though it's bad, James Wan did have, like, a particular feel in mind when making this movie. Uh, And so it is very campy. And it is kind of, at least I felt like it was, like, a 90s horror movie, like, a B-horror movie. Like, you know how much I love that, those fucking terrible 90s movies. Like, and I think that's why I liked it so much. But it is, it just gets to the point where, like, it's hysterical and, and ridiculous, but, like, it's good in a way.
1: All right. I mean, I w- I will finish it then because like I was like I was also dead fucking tired, but there was one part where this character says something, you know, it's kind of I think it's like the first 30 minutes like she's talking to her the main character talking to her sister and she reveals something really big and this music cue like hits and I went I'm fucking done. And I just, like, I was, like, I turned to my wife. I was, like, I'm going to bed. My wife was terrified the whole time. And so she <laughs> she stopped watching it after I got up to I was, like, I'm using the bathroom, and I'm just, I'm done. I'm, like, I'm over it. And she, I was also, like I said, dead tired. Like, I was, like, barely, like, holding it together. Um, and she, um, and so she stopped watching because she's, like, I'm not watching that movie by myself. And I was, like, all right, you know, and, like, I get it. Something pops up behind somebody that wasn't there before. That's scary, but it's, like, I don't know. I, 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 I have to finish watching it. I really do. But for you to compare it to 90s B movies that you love, I've, I feel like that's almost an insult to those movies. Like there's movies that we've watched but together you, that you have you love. haven't. You didn't even I, finish I it. Finished, I haven't finished it. You're absolutely right. That's what I'm saying. It's like It's I'm just surprised that you're saying that because I'm like, I have heard a lot of comparisons that it's like a very 90s. Um, it's a very throwback to the like, very 90, you know, that era. Which is funny because I've never been a big fan of that era in the first place, so it's like that's that's also a a strike against it on my end. But I will give it a chance because you speak so highly of the batshit craziness of the, the yeah, last the, act. Yeah, so. the
0: third act is where I think it picks the... up, and then it doesn't. It I won't say that it makes everything worth watching, but it's like it made it fun. It really okay.
1: Did. Okay, then I it's then blessed. I will, I will then I will happily finish it tonight and and uh and we'll kind of go into i just there was you know a movie that well i'll talk about it in a second but go keep going sorry
0: well i don't i've i've been and so those are the two like movie movies i've seen and then i've just been watching a shit ton of tv which i always talk about and i gotta say and everyone hypes this up but it really is it's just the most feel-good tv show i've probably ever seen it's ted lasso it's Mm -hmm. it's just so pure it really is and it has you know it has like really poignant arcs and like you know the characters are flawed but like it makes you feel so good watching it and so I gotta say anyone who might be having a hard time and you're like I need something to watch to go to bed that's not too heavy that like will make me laugh I I feel like Ted Lasso is perfect it's like I watch it like I I was watching also on Apple TV because I got a free membership and I got a new phone or Apple Plus, whatever it's called, I was watching Mr. Corman, too, and I kind of fucking hate it. So, it, it's just about, you know, this teacher who's played by Joseph Gordon.
1: JGL, Levitt? baby. Yeah. yeah.
0: He is good in it, but his character is so unlikable. He's he's basically a, a fucking prick, and, like, I am hate watching it at this point, even though uh-huh. I like certain parts. It, you know, it's one of those, like, in their imagination or or different parts, there's, like, kind of dreamlike elements um you know it's like stage props instead of just you know shooting um mm-hmm. your surroundings but I just don't like it and uh I don't like his character and at this point I'm just watching it to hate this character um and then I'll watch Ted Lasso after as like a palate cleanser to like cleanse the taste I have in my mouth of watching that fucking dumb show <laughs> but sure Ted Lasso's yeah. so good I started uh, I I'm Current with 9 Perfect Strangers, which is on Hulu, I came after the White Lotus because it it sounded similar to me, you know, like a bunch Mm -hmm. of um, kind of privileged mostly people find this resort and they, because they all need help and they're all um, picked for a reason. You know, some of them have, you know, marital issues. Some of them have like grief issues. And so Nicole Kidman's in it. She's really great. Um, I think honestly... The stuff that she's been doing as of lately, I think it's made her like a really powerful actress. Mm-hmm. And this and this is good. It's like funny and weird. It talks a lot with like psychedelics. Um, I really like how it's going and I'm, I'm, I'm very interested to see how it's going to end and everyone's really great in it. Um, And then I just started the Wu-Tang series, which is also on Hulu, which is fucking awesome so far. Mm. So, I mean, most 90s kids know, like, they feel this in their bones. Like, Wu-Tang is, like, what we all grew up in. Like, I, as a kid, like, I did not get hip-hop or rap until I heard Wu-Tang and then I was like this shit is the coolest shit I've ever heard in my fucking life and uh and it so it introduced me so much it's like you know 36 Chambers is like one of the most influential hip-hop records of all time you can't deny that um and so this series is is really fucking good I mean I I just started it and I know it's got like you know some Emmy nods and I I wish I didn't sleep on it so much because the first episode is like you're like, hell yeah, I, I can't wait to get into this more. So um it's really good and, and that's on Hulu. And that's kind of all I've been watching so far. I I refinished Game of Thrones and then I watched the end episode and I was I was like I think I was more fur- furious now watching it than I was originally because I was like, okay, like this is this is what we got, this is the ending, and now I'm watching it. I'm like, this is fucking bullshit. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I remember. Well, I mean, in, in fairness, I don't know if you remember, because I vividly remember when we watched, because we watched the last episode, me, you, and Heather, Yeah, we watched it together, and I vividly remember the reaction that was had at the end of the, ep- the, end of the show. I think that my problem with Game of Thrones was that I was never as invested as everybody else was, so I thought the ending was stupid, but I was also like okay, I mean, I liked Game of Thrones, I just, there was people who were like you, like, yeah, who were, who I, mean, I Jesus, live and like,
0: die by yeah, we were we were taking
1: shots of fucking Game of Thrones um, <laughs> branded whiskey, you know, and like that, I, you know, I mean, I, I'm i into shit, you know, like, I get shitty tie-in stuff all the time, but like, that's, you know, I, you know, that's that's my bag, and, and that was yours, and like, so I didn't, you know, for me, my reaction wasn't as strong, but I remember your reaction, and it wasn't, uh, it wasn't happy, so, um, no, but and, you know, I,
0: and speaking yeah. of uh, HBO shows, I I started rewatching The Wire again just because of Michael K. Of Williams. Who, honestly, that one hurt it. It yeah. really did. I mean, um, he gave us some great performances: Boardwalk Empire, The Wire. You know, like his role, Lovecraft is Country. So, yeah, and Lovecraft Country most recently. And he his roles are so iconic, and so I was really bummed, and so I, I started rewatching the Rock, the Wire. Um, yeah. but I feel like uh that was a good show to have week by week too and then now to binge it it's really interesting but yeah. i i am really fucking sad that he had passed away i feel like he was such yeah. a, a good actor but i yeah, mean man, between
1: just- him and gene smart are the hbo fucking franchise you know like we can't lose her otherwise hbo is going to completely fall apart because i mean think about how much show how many show hbo shows was he on that he fucking helped made you know make like a you know wire and and boardwalk empire and lovecraft country and like you know gene smart's got what watchman mayor of east town and uh and hacks i mean like they're they are hbo you know and like now one half of it's gone it's really it, it sucks you know and uh I was I felt that one too. I mean, it was like it was it was a bummer, you know. Um, that one really sucked. Um, I um, I saw Candyman. Like I said, you know, yeah. we we you know, and I we we you and I talked a little bit more about. It. I went and saw it. Me and my wife saw it with uh, our our friend Solomon, who was on the episode we did on Vamp. And like I, you know, I've already kind of kind of talked about that. Um, I saw Shang Chi, the Marvel the new I Marvel it film. So
0: bad. I I got it in a the theater.
1: It's really good, yeah. You do have to see it in theater. Um, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, I I really enjoyed it. I I, I like this new. i I'm, if it's indicative of the direction Marvel's going in, I'm really excited about that. And like you well, know, it, it. I do, but
0: I also feel like this movie did not get as much publicity as any of the others. And I don't know if it's because it's in the shadow of Black Widow uh, and the lawsuit that was happening, or if like they just didn't promote it as good as the others uh but i i feel like i didn't see as much promotion and you know i love I sure. that
1: shit it, it's doing really well though like it broke it broke it, got bro- it, it broke People the so the
0: theaters
1: it broke yeah it broke the labor day records um for you know for sure it, it um it definitely did that i mean it's funny because i didn't realize i didn't remember this i saw this movie in the theater when it came out but the previous labor day um box office record was set by rob zombies halloween um which i oh. saw in theater, and I, I did not have the best feelings about, but um, <laughs> but um, I really enjoyed it, and um, like I said, what's great about it is that it it stands it stands apart. It's it's it doesn't it, you know it's one of those Marvel films that you're like oh you would even forget that it's part of the same universe except for they do reference Infinity or Endgame and the snap you know the Thanos snap and there is like you know don't walk don't leave the movie after the when it's over because there are is a there's two end credit teases. Uh, one of them, which goes, okay, now I see that now they're plucking this directly into the Marvel universe for sure. You know, like this mm-hmm. is definitely going to be a part of a new of the new wave of Marvel films. Um, Really. So I really enjoyed it. Um, I felt like there, you know, I don't want to give anything away, but they're, the ending just kind of was a little bit long for me. Like it was like, uh, but it was good. I mean, the whole movie was good. I recommend seeing it in theater exactly for the same reason why we talked about Candyman, where it's like you're just not as distracted, you know, and I feel like it's it. Um. It really it, it lends itself really well to that, and it's cool. It's loud. It's you know, it pops. You know, we saw we saw at the same theater we saw Candyman, where they have the AMC with the reclining seats. It was fucking fantastic. I got to like you know, recline and awesome, and just kick back and and you know, it was great. Uh, my only complaint was that the aren't the DQ. It's right around the corner in the mall. Fucking <laughs> closes at like eight o'clock and i'm like all like ca- the, the last when we went to Candyman, we walked by the dq I was like oh, i'm gonna get an orange julius because there's my like my kryptonite i'm like i'm gonna get an orange julius i came out <laughs> of Candyman, it was closed i was like okay that makes sense it's nine o'clock at night whatever we walked out of shang chi and i like told my wife i was like i will meet you at the uh, the dq and she just started she looks so sad for me when i like she came out and i'm just standing there by like the the closed oh. gate and i'm just like so like crestfallen and it's like i keep trying to figure out movies we can go see at the amc so we can you know go go to that dq but um like I like last night i was like looking we were like driving home from somewhere and i was like uh yeah none of these movies or i or anything i want to see um they did show a trailer for the eternals which i do not know how i feel about i want to feel good things but i don't you may like it um if you haven't watched the trailer already, it's got it looks like it's got half the cast of Game of Thrones in it. Yeah, it does. Um, well,
0: yeah, it's got Rob Stark I, for sure. Uh, and, I don't um, know. and I mean Jon Snow. Yeah, oh yeah, that's right. Well, here's the thing. It's there <sighs> movies like that like you know everyone is a good actor. You know it. Yeah. But sometimes when that many people are in it, it they all get muted somehow and it ends up being bad. I honestly don't think it's going to be bad, but we'll see. Yeah. Hopefully it was um, good. I, I I have some hopes. There's a yeah. lot of good movies coming out soon, which I'm really excited about.
1: I'm interested. I mean, here's the thing is I was not, um, I because I watched the Matrix uh resurrection trailer myself. I was not as blown away. I think because um, one, I'm a little I'm I'm a little bummed out that Lawrence Fishburne's not in it.
0: Well, I know, but what well, okay, so we don't know. I mean, we see Yaya, obviously. Yeah, and then everyone's like speculating like is it is it his son like who who the fuck is this person but we don't know that he's not totally in it
1: well i i read an interview where they were like they asked the orange and he was like you know why aren't you in the new matrix movie and he's like i don't know you have to ask lana wachowski and it's like oh. ugh.
0: Oh, and oh, and yeah was, and
1: and that actor is playing morpheus and so what i think is uh, here's my theory and I'm i'm throwing oh, they- this out there so that when I'm right or if I'm wrong, maybe we can come back to this episode and be like, Mickey was a fucking genius. Is that somehow it's going to tie into like, like some weird thing where like Neo, I don't know. Like, it, I think there's gonna be a lot of time quote unquote time travel where like what kicks Morpheus into like the character that we see him in the first Matrix movie is a weird version of Neo kind of going backwards or kind of coming into him and being like, Hey, you're going to have to like break out of the matrix and like, and find, you know, the, the chosen one. And I feel like Neo in this new movie is going to be kind of like the cat, like the, cause if I'm not mistaken, like in, in the other matrix movies, they established there's a cyclical nature of, of this whole thing. So like, it's my theory is that, you know, this weird this new neo or this new keanu reeves who and you know i love keanu reeves but there's just been there was moments that trailer was like come on keanu i know you can do better than this or he's like
0: he he can't though i'll I'll, listen he's like
1: am i going crazy and i'm like i hope not i hope you're just (laughs) (laughs) i really i really hope it's not the level of um i I love
0: keanu but he's just not a good actor he's just yes he is i I like him i'll watch anything he's in i really will the lake house Keanu, fucking great. What a great weird science fiction romance.
1: Keanu being a good actor is a hill that I'm willing to die on because yeah. I, I really do think that he's got okay. he's got the chops. It's just not <laughs> It's. I mean, look, I, I go back, and. I mean, I think Matt and I disagreed about this, among other things, but I was saying <laughs> how, like, um, my own private Idaho, I think the only reason why Keanu Reeves' performance in that does not get as much recognition so is because River, River Phoenix, who is so fucking good that you're just like, yeah, what else are you going to fucking pay attention to? But Keanu's great. Um, but I, I, I. the problem I have with this new Matrix movie is um, I remember vividly when the original Matrix came out. and my wife and i rewatched the matrix not too long ago and i i do really enjoy it i really enjoy the new ma- the, the original matrix my only problem is, is that like i think i get a little bummed out that a lot of the things that they kind of borrowed from don't get as much credit you know um and i think but that how kind much of like
0: credit are you supposed to like so here sure. how much credit are you supposed to give like are you supposed to go full tarantino and just exactly copy scenes no. or like no 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 what? no you know no. What I mean?
1: No, 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 I don't, I guess I don't mean that. I I guess my, and like I said, it's really not, has nothing to do with the Wachowskis or, or the actual, um, uh, the, the movie itself, um, is, is that, like, it's just, there was, like, I remember, like, I think a year before The Matrix came out, Dark City had come out, and it has a very similar, Plot line, and I was yeah. kind of like, Why isn't that movie getting enough credit? Because that movie was, fucking as far as visuals, as far as story content, as far as everything, as far as editing goes, it was fucking fantastic. But the Matrix is a lot. So I think a part of me is like my frustration is like the Matrix gets a lot of credit for things that have already happened, but it's not the movie's fault. And it's not, it's, you know, it's just, it's a weird gripe. And I know that. But my problem with the new trailer was when that first Matrix trailer launched, the, the original one, because I remember I saw that in the theater. That movie, you were like, oh, my God, I'm going to see something. It was like it was it looked like revolutionary because it was borrowing from a lot of stuff that like mainstream audiences had never really seen before. And it also had stuff that you had never seen before in general, like, you know, that famous shot of like Trinity, like jumping in the air, freezing. And then the the, the 360 or the bullet time, which, you know, again, is like it was basically just taking what John Woo had been doing and just kind of like expanding on that. Um, but it looked like so like you're like oh my god this looks like something i've never seen before in my life and if you really felt that going into the movie that you were going to see something that you you know that was going to it was a game changer the original matrix was a game changer and the problem with this new trailer is i don't get that same feeling where it's like i feel like it's
0: all trailers hmm? these days i haven't seen a trailer that i've been 100 percent um, impressed with in a long long time I I honestly like stopped watching them and I used to watch trailers religiously and I, and some of them I do like I, I honestly don't want to see another Dune trailer um, at all because I want to watch the movie and I don't want to see anything else but yeah. that's, that's also the thing is like trailers these days give away the entire story I don't think this trailer I've watched it a few times Mm-hmm. I don't think it gives away everything, but it it definitely plays on all the nostalgia aspects of watching the first one, and and it made me want to. It, I rewatched all of them this weekend. Right, um, I know,
1: I'm, I'm I'm not but... even talking about plot though. I'm talking about like just the feeling of like you know when yeah, you were but like
0: that's, that's the thing is it's not new. It, nothing they introduce is gonna be new. It's right. I think I think the whole movie is gonna play on on Keanu Reeves. And the nostalgia aspect of the the original Matrix movies. I don't think that's a bad thing, but we'll see when it comes out.
1: I don't. I, I'm gonna watch it and i'm gonna i i, I as, i'm i'm one of the I'm, it's funny because a year ago i would have been totally on board with this now i'm kind of like are you fucking kidding me i'm irked that it's come it's gonna be on hbo as well because it's like that's a fucking movie you we, i'm gonna go see in the theater because you should see that fucking movie in the theater you know even if even yeah, if the new major movie is fucking terrible i know
0: i we still live in a pandemic world uh, mm-hmm. as much as we don't want to and you know I've, I've, I've had friends reach out to me just to see you know what's on the torrents because. Some people are afraid to go to the movies and I don't blame them. You know, like I've been living a regular, regular life again, but I went to a concert the other day and I fucking started panicking because no one was wearing a mask. I was in like a very close crowd and I was like, Oh my God. And like Mm -hmm. even seeing Candyman while it wasn't a full theater, but like no one gives a shit, you know? I agree. I get it. Why it has to be released on HBO. And plus like going to the movies, especially in LA is so fucking expensive.
1: It is. It is absolutely. And but it's like that's what I'm saying is that like there's movies that like like I'm you know Halloween Kills, which is coming out in a, a month, um, is also going to be premier on Peacock right at the same time. And I'm like I'm going to see that in the fucking theater because, I mean I I loved that that new Halloween film. I really did. I, I I saw it twice in the theater. I fucking loved it. Um, I think one of the things the the benefits of seeing it in the theater was that certain moments really, when they like, there's a there's a this very distinct moment in the new hall in the most recent Halloween movie where like her friend, you know, she's been the main character, the girl. She's like her grandmother's like, you know, there's this guy and he like he I he I, he fucked with me in 1970 whatever, and now I'm like you know I'm, whatever, um 78 and like you know she um and and she kind of doesn't really taking the gravity of what her grandmother's saying and then like one of her best friends gets killed and there's just this moment where she sees her friend's body and they, or she sees michael myers for the first time and the music just fucking like this john carpenter score just like swells in the theater and it's just like you're like oh shit and you like you feel that moment so palpable you know it's so palpable and like i i saw that i had the same reaction both times and it's like i don't i would have loved seeing this at home but I seen it in the theater really fucking drove it in for me. And I, I so I'm going to see the new Halloween movie in the theater. I'm going to see the new Matrix movie. Get if it, you know being that there's still theaters in a month from now that, with, the way, with the way things are going but i mean if i have the choice i'm gonna go see it and like i wear a mask during the entire time during the movie so you know it is what it is but i'm a snacker um, dude i gotta have
0: some, my popcorn i'm a snacker and, and
1: i i do i and i i eat you know i i do my snacking you know but like i also if i'm like something like sour patch kids i've got i've perfected the sneaking it underneath the mask bit <laughs> <laughs> But uh, no, if I if I'm if I'm eating popcorn, you know, the mask goes to the side for a second. But um, yeah, I I, um, I I I'm looking forward to the new Matrix movie. I just wasn't like I said. I remember that first trailer just visually on a visual level. That first trailer. That came out in like what was it 98 99 or i can't remember but i was like i have to see this fucking movie and i did and i loved it and i loved the first matrix so i mean it's it's it is what it is but i didn't get the same feeling with this one i just like this looks like any other movie that's coming out and that's not a bad thing i just you know um it's uh but yeah and then tv uh we my my wife and i were watching um the new you were talking about hulu shows we were watching what um was it i kind of i never remember the title until while well, i'm watching it like always always murders in the building or only murders in the building oh, only okay. murders in the building it's with steve martin and martin short and selena gomez and it's fucking oh. fantastic it's uh oh, I they're heard about it, but
0: i was like yeah i don't know about this cast uh to they, be play,
1: they play three people who live in an apartment building uh, like this really fit, upscale apartment building in new york and they're all like they're they don't live together obviously and they're all obsessed with um this uh you know this like pod, you know, like true crime podcast, and then uh-huh. a murder happens in their apartment building, and they become obsessed. They they decide they're going to start their own podcast and and try to like, you know, they, they, it's a murder mystery, you know. But it's it's Steve Martin, yeah, and it's Martin Short and Selena Gomez. Selena Gomez, who like I've,
0: she's my next Italian princess. So. I was gonna say like I, I feel shit. like. I
1: <laughs> I, well, I was gonna say is like, I, I think there, because of like her, her background, you know, the whole like, you know, she was a, I remember when she was working on Wizards of Waverly Place, because a friend of mine and I worked on the studio a lot that that was so we used to see her all the time, you know, but like, I think I, I was a little biased about her background and then the whole Justin Bieber bullshit. And I'm never I'm not a really fan of her music or anything like that. But I think Selena Gomez is actually fucking fantastic. I think she's like, is a she? great yeah. actress. Yeah, I'm really. I mean, like one of my pandemic things, besides Shit's Creek, was watching that fucking cooking show that she had. Where I was like, I literally, my fridge is posted with recipes from that fucking show, because I was just like, what a cool idea. Like, you know, she, I, I, couldn't stand her friends. I feel bad saying that. Like, she had friends quarantining with her, and they were like, get the fucking friends out of here. Like, <laughs> you should be fucking. It should just be on you and you learning from these chefs, and it's awesome. But I really dig her a lot. I think she's um, I, 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 I think she's way better than any expectations that most people have of her and so she's great in this fucking show and she her and steve martin and, and martin showed her producers on it and it's great um and then we watched the bob ross documentary which was just like I infuriating heard
0: yeah so that i didn't it's, see it because i was like i don't know if i want that vibe right now <laughs>
1: But is, you it don't is,
0: is, it, is it frustrating or because it's very hearing. frustrating
1: it's very frustrating you know it's basically like i'll I'll spare you like basically like this fucking the company that like fucking helped him start the show and everything like that basically took all of his took the, the rights to all of his property you know and like and his son can't you know it's just it's just the sad thing about like you know um like my greed yeah and and like and and especially like you know I mean, there's definitely some sad and touching moments when you realize, like, how many people, you know, Bob Ross, like, really, um, really touched, and and you hear some, like, stories, and and ultimately, there is a kind of, like, a satisfying ending in a weird way, Um, but uh, it was... It's, it's a it's a good documentary, just it was also like, God damn it. Like, it's not like when you want, you know, it's like, I think I, the Bob Ross documentary was exactly what everybody was afraid was going to happen with the Mr. Rogers documentary, where like, I think some of us going to the Mr. Rogers documentary were afraid you were going to find out some like, oh, man, he had this going on, or he had this going on, whereas in the Mr. Rogers documentary, it's like, no, he was a good guy. That's the whole point of the documentary is that he was a great guy and it was through and through. And I'm not saying that Bob Ross was a bad guy. It's just that like, you're, you know, any salacious dirt that you were expecting in the Mr. Rogers documentary, you didn't get, you you got it in the Bob Ross one where you're like, ah, oh, man, I didn't want it to have a bet. I didn't want there to be so many like in twists and turns and like in shittiness and like, um, so uh, I, you know, it was good, but I was just kind of frustrated, um, but that's pretty much, you know, what what I've been watching. Um, I did – there was a movie I forgot that I had watched weeks ago when we were talking about new movies, and um, I did want to mention because I really didn't like it a lot. It was a uh, Freaky.
0: Oh, okay. I talked about this before, the Vince Vaughn movie. Yeah, yeah so I yeah. watched it when it first aired, and I hated it too. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so I'm glad that you hate it, and we both hate I it. I did, I really did. I, <laughs> I,
1: I, I mean, Vince Vaughn is funny, you know. He's and and but there were just so many things in that movie where I'm like, man, like, th- this is a pre-, like, it's kind of how I felt about Psycho Gorman, but I liked Psycho Gorman, but it was like one of those things where it's like, this premise is so it's a funny thing on paper, but it's so, the way it was executed was it was just, it relied way too much on the premise and act and instead of actually working with it, you know, it's just like it was like. Okay, so what else? You know, it's like the premises, they switch bodies. It's like Freaky Friday, but it's a, it's a slasher movie. Okay, great. Now, then what? Well, nothing. It's just a Freaky Friday, but they, it's, it's, it's just a slasher yeah. movie. And it's like, well, okay, well, yeah, but I need more than that. Nah, we're, gonna, we're just going on the premise alone. I did not enjoy it. I know a lot of people who did enjoy it, and I wonder... What the fuck's wrong with them? Because, I do did,
0: I did the um, same. I like people will post about it more recently too. And I was like, they're like, oh, so good. I was like, what? Are, are, did we watch the same movie? Because this movie fucking sucks. <laughs> well, I, I think that's the problem
1: with horror movies lately is that like, there's such a, I don't know. Cause like I hear horror movie fans be like, oh man, this movie is so fantastic about something else that I, and I'm like, man, are we really that hard up for material that like are hard up for good content that we're just taking? I mean, like there's no standard anymore. And again, I'm saying this as somebody who, um, I also watched for fucking example, Friday night, I watched a movie called an old, I guess, trauma film called zombie Island massacre. And I was like, yeah, this movie's fucking fantastic. And I know it's not, you know what I mean? <laughs> but I enjoyed it. So, um, go figure, um, before we get into the movie that we, um, that we did, I did want to kind of like, uh, take a break for a moment and just mention, uh, I, saw so, uh, an old roommate of mine, an old friend, um, and film school buddy, uh, he has his own, his new feature film coming out. It's called Lunamancer. Uh, it is premiering in New York. Um at the Philip K. Deck Philip K Dick, Philip K. Dick Film Festival, um, which is really kind of exciting. If you're gonna have a premiere, like that's where you should fucking have it. Yeah. Um, and it's gonna be on the 17th of this month so um i you know we'll get this episode out before then but you should go check it out and i'll let you guys know about the la premiere um but it's great um i'm very proud of him i'm very excited for him and like i was saying to you before we we um you know, we, we were start recording. It's like a lot of times when your friends are like, I made a movie and then you watch it you're like, Oh yeah, this, yeah, I guess you did. I mean, it's like a short, you know, it's like they, they took a short film and they just basically stretched it out, but it still feels like that, that quality of like a student film and everything. This looks like a movie. This like, I'm really excited about for this It actually looks like a real fucking movie. Um, I, I love the director. He's one of my, he's a dearest, one of my dearest friends. Um, the lead actor, I was telling you before, um, we recorded like him and I would spend, um, Many a fucking nights at the Sunset Denny's, um, to the point where like I, we knew we were on like almost like we knew all the waiters and waitresses there. Um, one night I was by myself and I was walking home and like I heard somebody pulled over and was like, "Hey, do you need a ride?" And I was like, "Fuck no," because it was a complete stranger. And then I realized that it was one of the waiters from Denny's, you know, like oh, that's asking me if I wanted a ride. Yeah. So Jake Perkinen, who is the lead actor in, in Lunamancer, him and I, um, we we spent a lot of time having a lot of heavy conversations at Denny's his dad Perry Perkinen, was in Cannibal Holocaust um he was okay. the, the the most uh distinguished the most distinguishable feature you know if, if, you, if you if you're trying to remember that movie think of the guy with the blonde mustache the really prof- profound blonde mustache that was <laughs> that was his dad and Perry and Perry Perkinen's in, in uh Lunamancer too. um he's in the movie as well so um, you can check it out at lunamancer.com or on Twitter at lunamancermovie.com, and uh, I th- definitely check it out because I'm I'm really excited for him. I'm really happy for him, and i mean again Philip K. Dick Film Festival is a fucking hell of a way to to premiere your your movie. So um, I'm very proud of him, and uh, you know so congrats, Snow Muchi. He's a yeah he's congrats. a good he's a good guy, and he's I mean even when we were in film school like his you know sometimes you know we would meet him fought so much about movies and stuff like that and i love him so much i know he's going to listen to this but um even if we didn't always agree on movies i always his whenever he made something i was always really impressed with it he's 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 definitely a fucking dude you know um a good guy and uh i'm excited for him so check it all that out and then uh yeah, so um, a movie that had been on my list of movies to watch for, like, I'd say a good three or four years was the movie we're about to watch, which or we would talk about, which was uh, Messiah of Evil, written and directed by, I can always fuck up his name, Willard Huck. Hullick? Huck? Huck? Huck Hi-yuck. and Gloria. Yeah, Hayek, and uh, and uh, co-written with Gloria Katz. And they had written, and uh, they, had, they this is their... I think that's their only directing – well, his only directing credit, but they wrote – they were the screenwriters behind American Graffiti uh, by George Lucas.
0: And you're, you're forgetting um, Howard the Duck.
1: Howard the Duck. Uh, and I'm also not forgetting my favorite Indiana Jones movie, which is Temple of Doom.
0: Yeah. Um, well, I think he, and... wrote, he directed Howard the Duck, didn't he? mm Yeah. Howard the Duck. Yeah, he wrote – didn't he write – well, those uh, things I think they... – and directed Howard the Duck.
1: Uh well that's not probably you know he probably doesn't want that on his
0: uh. <laughs> after I mean, uh, I would, sure. but
1: yeah no I'm I'm he joking definitely... like I I I enjoy Howard the Duck yeah he did direct Howard the Duck um I I enjoy Howard the Duck but um I particularly well let me kind of explain this this movie real quickly before we kind of go into it this movie is one of the best um in my opinion one of the best Lovecraftian non-Lovecraft stories ever you have this woman she's um she's going to this small California town to find her uh, father or to talk to her to see her father and she stumbles across this weird um cult of zombie like people I don't they're not quite zombies they're not quite vampires they're just but they like they they're the town's up to some no good I'll tell you that and uh and um (laughs) yeah so that was that's basically the gist of it she stumbles across a weird cult of people in this weird in this town um where her dad's gone missing and um we'll kind of go from there what did you think
0: okay so i, I you, you this was your pick and I, honestly i i loved it i i really loved it and i love different pieces of it one it's low budget but it looks mm-hmm. it's still scary and it looks good There, are they're yeah parts of this film that really freak me out and and mostly because I when I'm especially being in the burbs when a place is empty like that and then Mm -hmm. there's you, you see like a hint of a person it fucking freaks you out Mm -hmm. this i think that does a good job like i go to the movies by myself all the time and then there's a scene where like one you know this young girl goes into the movies and she's sitting watching a movie and she's paying attention then all people are slowly coming in and sitting all behind her and then Mm -hmm. she like looks behind her and she's like holy shit like what the fuck there's all these people there and they're all staring at me that is fucking scary i agree Um, there's other like weird parts of this film and then i was like i gotta tell mickey this because you know I, there's a scene where like the woman's looking for her father and one of the guys is like oh i think he was you know doing business at that this motel you know so she randomly goes to this motel and like finds a room um and there's people in it and she's like okay so she just walks in and starts talking to them and i was like oh, at first i was like that never happened and then i think about all the shit i did when i was younger and i was like and mickey ended up at the hollywood goat guy's house so like anything exactly. could happen Exactly. And this could be a real story, especially you're in the 70s, you're like looking for information. Like you're gonna end up in a weird motel room with like a drunk, you know, um transient guy who's like spouting weird poetry and you know it might be an oracle. You don't know. Um yeah. it's it's really fucking bizarre and really good. Um, I loved the atmosphere. I love the guy's house. I, they call it Point Dune. But there is a real place called Point Doom in Malibu, mm-hmm. um, which I've been to a few times, and a seagull ate my burrito there. So I will always remember it as having um, evil fucking seagulls. But yeah. uh, I, I really loved it.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I, I kind of going back to what I was saying. It's, it's definitely. It's you can see the Lovecraft in it. Like it's, you yeah. know, uh, it starts off with it like starts- a narration. Yeah. Yeah. It starts off with a narration from a character who's now in an insane asylum. Um, half of the story, like the backstory, the, the narrative is propelled by um, the diary entries of her father, um, just like a Lovecraft story. the the It's it's it, it's very shadow over Innsmouth, You know, like you have like you know the small town that's got the secret. They're all congregating by the beach at night, um, worshiping the moon. You know. Um, there is a, uh, you've, I mean, you pretty much just nailed the, the one, I, there's a scene whenever you see stills of this movie, you see scenes from the, there's a grocery uh, store scene, like a Ralph. It's actually a Ralph's, a Ralph scene where like this, char- when another character goes into this Ralph's and it's like, and she's, she stumbles across these people. They're just going to fucking town on the meat section yes. of the, uh, of, and then, you know, so that's always the scene that you see stills from, but the scene that I was like, Oh my God. And like, I was completely in love with, I mean, I had already liked, I was already digging the movie a lot, but when this scene happened, that movie theater scene happened, I was like, this fucking movie is awesome. Like, you know, like, she, like, like you, like you described, like she's sitting there and then people start trickling in, But like just in, in a few beats and everything, but they're all, there's clearly something wrong with them. One of the telltale signs that there's something wrong with these people is that when they're affected by whatever this madness or this illness or this like, Um, uh, whatever it is, they start crying blood. They start, their blood starts coming out of their eyes. That, and so like when she, at one point she looks over and these people just look at her and they've got like, you know, blood tears or whatever. It was just so creepy. And like, um, it reminded me of years later, there's a, and by the way, it's September 12th, which was in 1992 was declared Freddy Krueger Day. Oh. Um, (laughs) Yeah. uh, In Los Angeles. Uh, and then, you know, then, of course, you know, 9-11 happened and the terrorists fucking took that away, too. Um, but uh, but we did celebrate Freddy Krueger Day when, uh, in, 19, in the year after 9-11 um, at my housewarming party in Boston. But um, uh, there's a scene night Realm Street Four where she goes to a movie theater and there's everybody behind like all of her dead friends are in the theater mm-hmm. at one point. Like it was very reminiscent. Like she gets sucked into the the, the in this in Nightmare 34, she gets sucked into the screen and she looks back and she sees all of her, her dead friends in the in the audience and they all just start like, you know, in a weird trance, they all start clapping and it reminded me very much of the scene in Messiah of Evil, which I don't think is uh I think it's just coincidence. I don't think Rennie Harlan ever saw Messiah of Evil. I don't think a lot of people did see Messiah of Evil when it came out. But um but that's but I was just like, oh man, like there is something really palpable of a, a movie theater being a very frightening can be a very frightening place. Um, I, I really, I love this fucking movie, the cast. Uh, so the lead actress was in the baby. She played one of the older sisters. She played. Oh, the, yeah, that's
0: right. One she played the, one of the older the sisters, sisters, Mariana Hill.
1: Yeah. Um, Royal Dano or Dano who plays who, no relation to Paul Dano, by yeah. the way, I've looked it up several times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, he, um, the guy who plays her father, um, I recognize him from he was a, he was like a brief character in Twin Peaks, but he's also the kind of like the old crazy guy in Killer Clowns Matter Space. Um, the old crazy guy in in Messiah of Evil, the one who's in the motel room telling his story about, you know, this weird cult of people that, you know, consume flesh and all this stuff um, is Elisha Cook. And he was in the original House on Haunted Hill he was in Blackula. He was in Salem's Lot. Yeah, he's been in a lot of stuff. And I, 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 he's in Rosemary's Baby for a hot minute. Mm-hmm. He's the guy who's showing oh. Rosemary and Guy the apartment, and he's like, you know,
0: okay,
1: yeah. He's he's a he was a he worked a lot with William Castle, but he's just like a you know one of those old time character actors who, um, I guess he had told them when he was making this movie, he was like, you know, this is the first time I've ever looked directly at the camera when I'm acting. I've spent you know, years training myself not to do that. And you guys are telling me to look at the camera, but whatever it works. Um, One of the production designers on this movie um, was Jack Fisk, who was he's Sissy SpaceX husband. He's also an Academy award-winning production designer. He, uh, he did the art uh, design for there will be blood. Um, He's also best friends with David Lynch. So he did the art he was in, and he also did some of the art for eraser head, which, you know, I was, I'm a big, you know, it's my favorite movie. And um, well, what I like about this movie too, is that they, they, um, you can see if you, if you're familiar with, with these two's work, you can see some of the ideas. In fact, they, they, they deliberately said in an interview that there's a scene in Indiana Jones Temple of Doom where, you know, he walks into his, his, mo- his weird, I would say his motel room, his room at the, the, the palace or whatever. And there's on the wall, there's paintings of people. Right. And then at one point, a thuggy comes out, like, basically is blending in with the the, oh, the paintings yeah. of the people and he steps out and he tries to, to, to kill Indiana Jones. They took that from they were like they, they a lot of that came from Messiah of Evil, where they were like, if it, when she goes to visit her father's um, studio or whatever, it's um, there's all these like paintings, like these weird paintings of silhouetted people across the wall which I think is a really cool effect because you never know at one point when the camera pans over, you're like, wait a minute, is that a, no, it's just a painting. And I love that. I love that little tease of like, could this be somebody? Could this not be somebody? Or is she being watched? Um, I really dug that. And, uh, you know, another thing about this movie that I really liked was – I'm just oh god, sorry. I just kind of blanked there.
0: There's and it's funny because I like I particularly like the scene where you know, um, the woman's looking for her father and she meets this man accompanied by two females, you know, that are Mm -hmm. traveling with him. And and one of them kind of gets sick of being in this fucking place. She's like, I need to get out of here. Like I did not sign up for this. Like I'm gonna go do whatever. So she leaves in the middle of the night. She gets picked up by this guy, which I, I I'm still not sure of what his character is, but you know, he's albino. So I'm sure that's why yeah. they haven't been there. And, mm-hmm. and it's funny, because it's a it's a line, he says, uh, Wagner's name wrong. Um, but I guess the director thought it was funny. So he kept it. We, you yeah. know, he's listening to, to music. And he's like, Do you like Wagner? And she's just like, Yeah, whatever. But there's a certain um, dialogue that happens with them in the car. And, and it's perfect for me, especially as a woman, because you could tell, like, she's going with the flow because she picked up this ride, but she's also starting to get scared and a little bit. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because there's people in the back of his truck and they're all just staring at the moon. And at first she looks up at the moon and she's like, Oh, okay, I get it. And gets in the car. And then slowly she realizes that like they're fucked up and that this guy's fucked up and then like gets out of the car, but there's still a rapport that happens and she tries to deflect a lot of it. And is like, no, this is still okay. We're still okay. Right. And then gets out of the car, which I, I thought was pretty fucking funny, um, but also still relevant.
1: Yeah, and it's funny because, it, you know, you had mentioned, like, the shit that we had done as kids and, like, and, and the shit that I did before my wedding, you know, and it's, like, <laughs> at the time, it wasn't comp- – I mean, hitchhiking was a thing, you know? It's, like,
0: yeah, people forget hike. that, like
1: – Yeah, I Not Never now, I've, I've, but... I've done it myself, but, I mean, like – but even when I did it in the 90s, it was still like, you shouldn't be doing this. Whereas in the seventies, it was a little different. It was like, it was a little bit more After, frequent, you know?
0: Yeah. I was going to say, you well, know? you're a little more open. And and I feel like mm-hmm. that was a thing that like hippies were doing. You know what I
1: mean? Like- Absolutely. And like, um, and, and that's one of the things I did too is that like, you're right. So she goes to this weird hotel room and she meet in my hotel room. She meets this guy who with this two women and everything like that. And that I'd say that the only problem I have with this movie, and it's not really a problem because it kind of gives the movie a little bit of ambiguity. Is that like, And I'm going to spoil something here. So you find out that the cult was um, started because this guy, this like weird evil preacher from like the 1800s, I think, or the early 1900s, I think it was 1800s because it was like 100 years. Yeah. Shows up in this town talking about basically the Donner Party and basically about people surviving by eating other people, which kind of goes full circle with our podcast. We've done a lot of cannibal movies, but um, it's clear that whatever this evil preacher did, um, or whatever, you know, when he showed up in this town a hundred years ago, like, he's created this, like, I don't know, this weird, I want to say epidemic of people turning into cannibals and everything like that, and they're waiting for their messiah to return, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, hence the messiah, the title. The only problem I have with this movie is that the the, the actor who plays the the guy who the, the main character meets, like, this guy who is he's accompanied by these two strange women, he's kind of like this weird, like, uh, I don't want to say like a hippie, but kind of like this rich dandy Lamp- type guy yeah,
0: like philanthropy. yeah yeah
1: right but he's also got this weird thing about him. He, that actor also plays the evil preacher in the flashback and i thought that was so obvious that i was like oh is this gonna be like a weird thing where he's like somehow just uh, a descendant of this guy and he's you know and he doesn't realize it or he's drawn to this town for whatever because he comes to this town because he's he's interested in collecting old legends and that's why he's interviewing elijah cook in the uh, hotel room mm-hmm. or motel room and he's like trying to find out about this weird cult in this town and like that and it's like but then that storyline kind of drops and you're just like whoa wait a minute are we ever going to come back to the fact that it's clear this guy this actor is playing both of these i mean you can't really see his face in the flashback but it's like it's it's very obvious and i also was like wait a minute that's the same actor and i looked it up and i was like yes it is um i i kind of expected that to be a little bit more of a plot line and it just kind of drops yeah which again (laughs) it's not a bad it's not entirely a bad thing because it's like it, it gives the, the film a little bit more mystery, and, and it's not their fault. They, they were not, they were kind of left out of the editing room towards the end of this movie, before this movie got released, you know, um, as independent films sometimes happen like the 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 money people were like no, now we're just gonna recu- <laughs> yeah we're gonna recut it you know and like i think it went under a few different titles at one point it was actually called return to living dead um in the in the early then, 80s yeah, before the- romero yeah.
0: sued them or something right
1: yeah but it wasn't their fault because it was like they weren't like we we didn't go with that title um but it's uh it's funny too because this movie comes right after you know, you know, Romero's Night of the Living Dead kind of changes the idea of what zombies are, you know, because previously it was like white zombie, like the more traditional um, you know, the Haitian zombie you know, voodoo zombie and everything, and then uh, Romero introduces the idea of like flesh eaters, you know, and like so after Night of the Living Dead, you start getting like this weird space, it was, which they they don't See, come as like a hmm?
0: I was going to say, I got like, well I, have you ever read I Am Legend? The So I got Mm -hmm. that vibe from them and it's, and you see it a lot. I mean, there's, there's different ways. Like you said, the, they're kind of ambiguous. Like they're not vampires. They're not zombies. Are they the undead or are they just cannibals? But they're like waiting for something. It's, it's very interesting. Yeah. Um, And it's not really that well explained. It is, but it's not. And so I, I kind of got that vibe from it. And
1: so it kind of goes full circle with what you're saying though, because Romero, his biggest influence in night living dead was, was I, he basically was like I, yeah he's like i re, basically re i stole i am legend you know and like but i was gonna say it's like in the 70s after uh you know romero's night of living dead you start getting these weird zombie movies where like they you know uh living dead at manchester morgue or you know um uh so i'm trying to think of I'm, I'm drawing a blank at the moment you know garden of the dead you know but then you got messiah of evil where it's like it's kind of playing onto those tropes the romero tropes but also kind of like going into this other direction where it's like, you know, they, they are conscious. They are, they are saying they are in, they are capable of dialogue and they're capable of like, they're not mindless zombies, you know, which is a interesting, um, touch, but there's definitely some mysteries in this movie that kind of get left unsolved. Yeah. Um, which I like, I also liked, and this was something I completely forgot. Walter Hill has a cameo in this movie. Um, Walter Hill would go on to direct, um, the warriors and he produced alien there's a moment in this movie where she says like something about how like you know at some point they won't be able to hear you scream and she like lets that she yells that line out like you know stretches that last line out like hear you scream you know like at the you know it's her part of her narration aliens biggest you know, the tagline was in space. Yeah. No one can hear you speak. Yeah, it's so. funny.
0: I caught that because it's like one of the opening scenes, and I was like, "Oh, well, this is how they're setting the mood for the movie. That's pretty, mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty good." But I heard that yeah. line, and I was like, "Wow, that's funny." Um, but I'm I'm glad that you picked this because it it was a really fun watch.
1: It is. It actually, it's it's really, it's a lot of fun, and there's some definitely some creepy moments. I mean, it's a slow burn. I think you know but the the there's not like cuz because it's dealing with a town that appears re- relatively desolate you don't get a lot of like action but when that when chico like the ralph scene the movie theater scene um even the end, the, the 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 kind of the, the climax and everything like that it's 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 well worth the investment it's a, it's, a, it's a really great great horror movie that should have gotten a, should be more recognized but it unfortunately is not
0: yeah, I feel I feel the same. I, I I don't even think I've heard about it until you mentioned it. Um, and so I I really enjoyed watching it. It's on Shudder or it's on Amazon Prime if you have either yeah. of those. So please check it out because it's it's definitely worth a watch. And then maybe it will get re released on like 4K or some shit. You know? it's,
1: it, I mean, it's had a few scattered releases, but then they go out of print or they lose the rights. I don't know what the whole the whole thing is. But yeah, I mean, like I've definitely seen some DVD. Because it was one of those things where I was like, oh, I need to own this at some point. And I looked it up, and I was like, oh, I'm not going to spend sixty bucks on it. I love this movie, but. No, not yet, not yet, not not yet until like I guess something you know fucking out you know but yeah hopefully Arrow or somebody somebody can really get a hold of this movie and and fucking put it out there and I'm it, it is comforting to see it on Shutter because you know with the exception of, of uh, Ken Russell's The Devils whenever you see something getting a, a, a streaming release that doesn't have a a blue a proper Blu-ray release the blue Blu-ray, Blu-ray release is is not. Far behind because it means somebody's gotten a hold of it and they're they're hopefully testing the waters to see if there's going to be interest in releasing this and, and I think this movie deserves a, a definitely deserves a watch and yeah. you got to watch it. Shutter does you know unfortunately Shutter does lose the rights to the movies so definitely check it out before uh
0: before it's out before
1: we go cool. yeah because uh, it's it's a good one I'm 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 really it was well worth the wait.
0: Truly truly all right guys well that that's yeah our episode for Messiah.
1: Good night. Bye. And they're waiting. They're waiting for you. And they'll take you one by one and no one will hear you scream.
0: No one will hear you scream! Ah!